We are bombarded with all kinds of messaging in media every day. Who's the hottest artist? What's the latest trend in social media? What massive tweet will change the civic or religious landscape? What's the next in thing? Messaging's not so bad if we keep it in perspective. And that's what we're going to do right now, today. Keep life in perspective as we listen intently for God's message so all the others will make sense. Welcome to Message Daily with your host, author, speaker, L. David Harris. Peace and blessings, listening friends. We know that you could have chosen to spend your time doing any one of a number of things, but I'm excited that you have chosen instead to invest some of it with us. This is L. David Harris. I am your host, and this is Message Daily, where we give you God's word for just about 15 minutes every single day. And I'm thankful that you have chosen to uh, run with us. I know that there are things you're doing, like I say, every day, and I don't take it for granted. Uh, I know that the days get busy very quickly. And uh, I want you to please just continue to listen, continue to share, and uh, continue to allow this to be a jumpstart for your personal Bible study. Because really and truly, this cannot suffice for that purpose. It's just a way to get you encouraged so you feel like uh, the reality, the, the reality is that you're not alone, but I need you to feel like you're not alone, that you have some company, some fellowship with others around the world uh, who also want to get closer to God. So today we are going to uh, discover part number 27 in our devotional series titled Life Lessons from the Book of Daniel. But before we get into that, I need us to pray. Okay, let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us a new day, a new work week, and giving us the opportunity to come together. And I pray that you will teach us your word very closely. Teach us how to serve you. Teach us how to listen when uh, the prophecies are coming our way. If you send prophecy to our lives, help us not to turn a deaf ear or a blind eye. And please uh, transform our lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen again. So the topic for today is warned by the prophet. And if you have been following us or following with us, uh, we are in the book of Daniel chapter four. And in the book of Daniel chapter four, it's largely a testimony from King Nebuchadnezzar, who was clearly uh, separated from God of heaven. He was not a believer. He was one who thought he was God, even though he also had other uh, multiple gods because they were polytheists in Babylon. But he thought he was a God and he tried to really show and flex his muscles by by overturning a dream that God, the one of the one God of heaven, blessed be his name, would have given to him. And now he is testifying to say, you know, when I was that kind of proud, you realize that God loves me so much. He loves you, too. And by the way, let me tell you how it went. Let me tell you how God got my attention. And so we're breaking into his story here, this time from the book of Daniel, chapter 4. I think I'll read verse 27. That's the book of Daniel, chapter 4. And I will read verse 27. And the Bible reads, Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if by if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. 
Let me say it again. I'm going to read it now from the net version of the Bible. Back to Daniel chapter 4, and I will read, I'll begin at verse 27. We'll continue uh, reading beyond there. All right. Therefore, O king, may my advice be pleasing to you. Break away from your sins. This is very clear guidance from God uh, using his mouthpiece. In this case, Daniel, he's giving the king specific marching orders. How can someone serve God or do anything that God would have us do except we have specific actionable marching orders? In this case, we see uh, that he wants him to break away from his sins by doing what is right. Well, what does that mean? And from your iniquities, well, what does that mean? Oh, wait, I see something. I see something by showing mercy to the poor. That's the first thing that God tells him. You need to show mercy to the poor, and perhaps your prosperity will be prolonged. So it was a habit of these despots, uh, kings, right? They, it was a habit to trample the poor, in fact, to build entire societies on the backs of the poor, to, to steal and wrest from uh, 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 people who could not defend themselves, to wrest from them their legacy, their resources, their families, their wives, their religion, their food, everything that was the essence of who they are and what made up their society. It was a habit of the kings to, to strip that from them. And so God is saying, you know that 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 poor man, you know that poor woman, you know that poor family, that poor society that you've been trampling because of your pride. I need you to esteem them. I need you to show them mercy. You know that undue burden you have been placing around their necks. I need you to change that. Very specific, very clear. Now, verse 28, all of this happened to King Nebuchadnezzar. After 12 months, he happened to be walking around in the battlements of the royal palace of Babylon. And the king uttered these words, Is not this the great Babylon I have built for a royal residence by my own mighty strength? Did you do it on the backs of poor people, King Nebuchadnezzar? Did you do it in your own strength, literally, or was God the one who empowered you and then you misused his energy to do things only for yourself? King Nebuchadnezzar, but wait a minute, what if what if we could possibly be something like King Nebuchadnezzar? What if God is speaking to us and not just about ancient history? Could it be that God wants us to look out for the poor? Could it be that that is really a part of true religion that is undefiled? Could it be that God is speaking to me specifically? All right, verse 20, uh, uh, nine, uh, nine, 20, uh, 20 verse 20. 30, pardon me, I'm getting my tongue tied. The king uttered these words, is not this the great Babylon I have built with uh, for a royal residence for, by my own ma ma mighty strength and for my, this is where it gets really tricky, for my majestic glory. You know, God says in Isaiah chapter 43 and verse 7 that God created us for his glory. And now the king is, is, is thinking about his own glory. Yes. Let's read from uh, Proverbs chapter 14 and see if there's something that we can glean for our own lives. Proverbs chapter 14, and I will read verse uh, 31. Proverbs chapter 14, and I will read verse 31. And the Bible reads, the one who oppresses the 
poor insults his creator. Now we can see why God wanted King Nebuchadnezzar to turn away from his iniquities and his sins and stop oppressing the poor, but rather to show them mercy because we're insulting our creator when we oppress the poor. In fact, the Bible says Jesus was speaking. He said, you know, when you have people who are less uh, uh, able to take care of themselves, I'm careful not to say less fortunate because that means something else in my mind. But there are people who need like when I'm when a person is in prison, when a person is hungry. Right. He said, as you have done it unto the least of these, my brethren, you have also done it unto me. So God through Christ has identified himself with humanity to the point that the way we treat others, especially those whom we call, I said we call, less fortunate, especially how we treat them. And when we treat them a certain way, whether good or or bad, we're really treating God in that way. And so here we see that God is correcting those who have been mistreating, have been oppressing, who have been insulting. And now the Bible is making it very clear, even in the Old Testament, that you, when you do that, you are doing it to your creator. But whoever shows favor to the needy honors him, honors not only the needy, but also honors God. So Daniel not only interprets the dream, but also points Nebuchadnezzar to the way out of this situation. And we've already talked about the, you know, the, 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 the quick guidance that God had given them, but that changes everything. Cause you realize the way that we treat human beings, if we have love for human beings, then that means we are keeping uh, the principle of the 10 commandments law, especially the final six of the commandments, right? Yeah. So it's all about love for God, love for humanity. The first four commandments is about love for God, right? The final six commandments are about love for God and humanity. Humanity comes into focus there. Nebuchadnezzar performs a massive work of building in Babylon, the gardens, a system of canals, and hundreds of temples and other building projects turn the city into one of the wonders of the ancient world. But such splendor and beauty, at least in part, is accomplished through exploitation of slave labor and neglect of the poor. Furthermore, the wealth of the empire is used to gratify the pleasures of the king and his entourage. Have you ever seen that? Are you seeing that at any any uh, uh, anywhere in your current society? I could name some, but I don't want to get too specific here. But I think you have sense. You can figure that out. Thus, the pride of Nebuchadnezzar not only prevents him from acknowledging God, but as a consequence also makes him oblivious to the hardships of those in need. There's a point where we can have so much, quote, power that we forget our humanity, our humanness. And when we forget our humanity, our humanness, then we lose compassion and empathy for those who are in need. Uh, Given the special care that God shows for the poor, it is not surprising that from the other from the other possible sins that Daniel could have highlighted before the king, he singles out the sin of neglecting the poor. The message to Nebuchadnezzar is by no means something new. The Old Testament prophets often warn God's people against oppressing the poor. 
Indeed, prominent among the sins that bring about the king's exile is, is neglect of the needy. After all, compassion for the poor is the highest expression of Christian charity. That's love, by the way. Uh, conversely, exploitation and neglect of the poor constitutes an attack on God himself. And I think we have made that point very clear. In caring for the needy, we recognize that God owns everything, which means that we are not owners, but merely stewards of God's property. By serving others with our possessions, we honor God and recognize his lordship. It is God's ownership that should ultimately determine the value and function of material possessions. This is where Nebuchadnezzar fails. And by the way, we're not just talking about ancient history, remember? Yeah, and we risk failing too. Unless we recognize God's sovereignty over our accomplishments and manifest our recognition of this reality by helping those in need. Oh my, that's a mouthful. That's a mouthful. But guess what? Isn't it wonderful that when the prophet comes our way, the prophecy comes our way, the guidance from God's word comes our way, the impression from the Holy Ghost comes our way. It is not that God is trying to destroy us. It's not that God is trying to frighten us. It is not that God is trying to do some kind of harm or evil to us, but rather that God is positioning us to hear his voice, to know what his will is so that we can do it. Because those who do his will are welcome into his family. Yes, those who do his will are welcome into the kingdom. Those who do his will rightly represent his character to the world. And those who do his will will help others to do the same. We are here to make this world People think it's not, but to make this world a better place in as much as we can do so, we know this is not our final home. But even as the people of God were, en were enslaved, if you want to call it, captive in, in, in Babylon, the Bible says that they were to use all that they were and all that they had to cause Babylon to prosper. You understand? So we are to do what we can while we still have time as we lead people closer to God. We are to cause the societies in which we live to prosper in as much as we can do so conscientiously. But we look forward to the place where we can live eternally with God. Have a wonderful day. Peace. Thanks for joining us, listening friends. Always remember, what God says matters most. His message shared through our lives has the power to change the world today and provide hope for the future. This has been Message Daily with L. David Harris. Until next time, make it a great day.